Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. We're back in the attachment series, and today we're going to talk about abandonment issues and how to deal with them. So, abandonment is one of the four primary fears of attachment. There's abandonment, there is rejection slash judgment, there's a fear of failure, and there's a fear of not being enough, okay? Abandonment issues have a tendency to arise when an individual has a strong fear of losing loved ones. And sometimes, you know, a fear of abandonment is a form of anxiety caused or created in childhood um, when someone experiences a traumatic loss or when there's maybe inconsistency in or with the primary caregiver. And it can look different ways as far as, you know, in your relationships and and what it turns out to look like. To me, that everyone has a different formula. So it could be abandonment, fear, which is the, the trigger, uh, coupled with fighting, right? So that could be someone who's an anxious attachment style, who has a fear of abandonment, and their primary response to the trigger is to fight. But fighting doesn't necessarily mean physical. It could mean sending long paragraph text messages. It could mean um, showing up to where someone is at or asking a lot of questions. Um, And so it can play out very many ways. Someone can have a fear of abandonment and also freeze or flee. But today we're going to talk about just in general what abandonment looks like and how to help you manage some of that stress that it creates when you get triggered. So some of the ways that it can look in relationships is that it could lead to, you know, always wanting to please others, right? So being a people pleaser or practicing people pleasing habits, um, giving too much, whatever that might mean, in relationships, um, difficulty trusting others, pushing others away to avoid rejection or to kind of um, beat them to the punch, right? If you feel like people are going to leave you, if you have a fear of an abandonment, then you might abandon ship before they do. Um, It might also lead to feeling insecure, not only in romantic relationships, but also friendships. It can lead to codependency. Sometimes someone will hang on to unhealthy or unproductive relationships because that feels better than the idea of losing them. So sometimes we like hold on to these relationships that no longer serve us. There might be a need to always have reassurance in uh, in a relationship. So needing for someone to say or do things that helps you to alleviate the stress that the abandonment issues brings up, right? It could lead to control. It could lead to a pattern of persistent unhealthy relationships and difficulty in maintaining relationships and moving quickly from one relationship to the next because we don't like the idea of being alone, right? So essentially it could force us to sabotage our relationships and have difficulty having the intimacy that we want um, because of the abandonment issues kind of running rampant within our lives. So those are some of the ways that it could play um, a role in our relationships and their satisfaction or the lack thereof. Excuse me. So people change in one of three ways, and I'll probably mention this again, you know, in the later episodes. Um, I had a professor tell me that we typically change through behavior, through um, insight, 
and or through experience. And we have to figure out, that's where the work comes in. We have to figure out what combination of things is going to help us to experience, to think, and to do differently in our relationships so that we have a different outcome, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result doesn't work. That's the definition of insanity, right? So some of the things that can be helpful in relationships or personally if you're working on uh, abandonment issues is really slowing the process down because once the trigger happens, there's a tendency for the mind to move very fast. And when we're more emotional, we react and respond differently than we would uh, in our than in our logical minds and bodies. So we want to slow that process down. If we can get really good at practicing awareness of when we get triggered. Um, what has a tendency to happen? What are your typical responses? What happens in your body when you feel that way? Because all of that's going to be feedback that helps you to be able to interrupt that process, hopefully at a sooner time than you usually do. So that awareness is really key because it's going to help you be able to see what's going on and keep the train from derailing um, like it has a tendency to do so. Then, you know, as we slow down that process, be observant of yourself so that you can figure out what to replace those tendencies with. So if you have a tendency to send long text messages um, to your partner because you are afraid that they're going to leave you, then maybe you have a different place where you maybe get an accountability partner or a friend that you know understands what you're dealing with and you send the message to them first refine your message and then reach out to your partner or you know take some time between the trigger and responding to your partner if that's not going to create problems in the relationship and maybe just communicate that we need to understand what our primary emotions are in the situation because a lot of the times anxiety, um, anger, um, lashing out, it, the the product and the manifestation of the primary emotion, which is typically hurt, pain, sadness, um, is different from, from it. So someone will act mean, angry, um, crazy, but it's coming from a place of pain, sadness, or hurt. So we want to understand for ourselves what that primary uh, emotion is so that we can know what we need in that time. Is it that I need reassurance? And how do I ask for reassurance in a way that's not problematic and, and damaging to the relationship? Is there a way that I can provide reassurance for myself by looking at the evidence of how this person acts and interacts with me? And then what we want to do is be evaluating and reevaluating our relationships with people to really be able to feel confident that we can assume positive intent when someone says or does something. So what has a tendency to happen is that it's easier to assume positive intent in the beginning of relationships, but the more invested and the more um, feelings we have in a relationship, the more of a threat that person becomes. So then we start doing threat detection as opposed to doing, you know, the the assuming positive intent, right? Detecting for positive intent. And so if we can feel really safe and sound, logically knowing that this person, what they do and say comes from a place of love and that they're not trying to um, 
trying to be harmful or hurtful, then hopefully that helps in that slowing down process to really communicate uh, clearly the true message. Now, maybe that's a note that you have in your phone that says, okay, so-and-so is reliable and here is how, the evidence that shows that. So-and-so um, is told me that they're not going anywhere and this is how I know in this situation. I don't have anything to worry about. So-and-so is trustworthy and here's the evidence to support that. Now, listen to me. If, you, if you're trying to make this list and, and you, you, they, you ain't got no evidence... That's a different conversation. That's why you got to evaluate and reevaluate these relationships because you might start to see that, huh, the evidence that I have is that I should be concerned. And if that's the case, what do you do? You get to decide what you do in that situation. I'm just saying you need to look at the cards and make a logical decision around what that looks like for you because we have a tendency to find ourselves in relationship with people that that don't meet our needs. And that is a difficult, difficult, difficult place to live in. So as you elevate and become more self-aware and become more um, able to choose intentionally the situations, the relationships that you want to be in, the more that those relationships will become a reflection of that healing place as opposed to that hurt place. So hopefully those tips and tricks help for those dealing with abandonment issues. To me, we're all dealing with a little bit of all of it, but some of us have, you know, extra of certain um, primary fears. If abandonment happens to be the one for you, then Hopefully that stuff helps. I do want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the messages, for the reviews that are sharing clearly that this abandonment conversation, I mean, sorry, not abandonment, attachment conversation is helpful. And if you haven't left a review yet, please do. It helps for the information to be spread to more people and it helps me to know what kind of content to create. I love you, I'm thinking of you, and I'm hoping that this brings healing to your household. And I will talk to you next time, Gems. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you. Thank you.